Kelly, this isn't about noble houses. It's between Sign on the Window and the Dead. And I intend to stay amongst Sign on the Window Nation. This is the final episode of Sign on the Windows presentation of Mixed Up Confusion, <laughs> of Sign on the Windows Mixed Up Confusions. Oh my god. Coverage of Game of Thrones, the HBO television show that you can watch in your house or on your TV, on your tablet, on your phone, on your Android. Oh my god. Every Sunday, not now, two mo- two years from now. Yes. Oh, is it officially two years? I don't know, something like that. Oh my god. This is <laughs> the podcast about it, and we are doing it today. This episode was called The Dragon and the Wolf, and some people have sex, and we're ready to talk about it. We are emotionally stable. Let's go. All right, Kelly, welcome to, as I said, titles, titles, titles. We are here to talk about The Dragon and the Wolf. We are going to get in and get out as quick as we can, which is something that Jon Snow was not trying to do with Daenerys. Now, I do want to say before we even start, I'm sorry, Kelly, I'm just going to bogart this for a second. That's fine. I promised, sign on the window world, that I was going to do a Bob Dylan reference for every <laughs> single Game of Thrones. Now, I will say that I let you down. I let you down. You let me down. I'm I'm really sorry. I'm really <laughs> sorry. I think the season threw me, and I just couldn't get my grip. I want to make up for that right now. All right, so you might recognize some of these, Kelly. You might not. But I'm going to uh, sing a couple songs and then give a couple references for the final episode. And then we'll we'll start digging into it. So bear with me here. Old Town is a friendly old town from the Quill and the Taker to the Starry Sept on down. There's a mighty many macers a milling all around. They'll kick you when you up and knock you when you down. It's hard times in the Citadel, living down in Old Town. Wow. Very nice. An ode to Cersei from I'd Hate to Be You on that dreadful day. Well, the wine, well, the good wine's a flowing for five cents a quart. You're going to look in the money bags and you're going to find yourself one cent short. Hey, hey, hey. I'd sure hate to be you on that dreadful day. An ode to Viseron. <laughs> Temptation's page flies out the door. You follow, find yourself at war. Watch frozen waterfalls, a pity roar. You feel the moan, but unlike before, you discovered that you'll just be one more person crying. So don't fear if you hear a javelin sound in your ear. <laughs> no. It's all right, Ma. I'm only sighing and bleeding <laughs> and drowning. And I'm now an ice dragon. <laughs> Remix for Randall Tarley and Dickon. Go down to the river, babe. Randall, I will meet you there. Go down to the river, babe. Dickon, I will pay your fare. <laughs> Baby, please stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying. <gasps> Baby, please stop, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop. Baby, please stop frying, because you know. And I know that heart's bane was never sought. So baby, please stop <laughs> frying cause it's tearing up my plot. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Wow. And finally, an ode to our, se- our season seven plot to the tune of Everything is Broken. Broken brands, broken snows, <laughs> broken gendries, broken rows. Broken sisters, broken smarts, 
Loot's trains were filled with artichoke hearts. Broken plot lines never meant to be spoken. Everything is broken. Oh, very nice. <laughs> All right. I do have a I do have a day job, everybody. Okay, so um, it's real. I do. I get paid. Uh, all right, so episode-specific, just really quickly, uh, including one more song, but the song will lead right into it. When Jamie at the end says, I don't believe you, to Cersei. I don't believe you. You're a liar. <laughs> Judas. Exactly. So that was obviously right there. Uh, I thought of the man in me playing in the background as Jon Snow is inside of and then uh danny in the episode recounts how one time she went to see the gypsy and murdered her husband and told her that she couldn't have kids and then i want to sing a little tune from for you kelly this was you this was one of your favorite songs last week oh auntie when i come to lie in your arms you should not treat me like a stranger (laughs) your brother would not your brother would not like the way that you act. Oh, I sing that totally wrong. Oh, sister, when I come to lie in your arms. Oh, auntie. Oh, auntie, when I come to lie in your arms, you should not treat me like a stranger. Your brother would not like the way that you act, and you must realize the danger. So there you go. If you love those, um, share them copiously. I don't know how to do that. Just <laughs> share this podcast. And also, this is a weird Game of Thrones podcast. Maybe I'll, I will isolate those later on. Okay. Let's talk about the episode in the way that we do. We are not a recap show. We are not going. We are a map-based podcast, as we as we said last week. <laughs> map-based. So, Kelly, we are going to start as we have to start, I guess. Should stop hitting this this table. We're going to start at King's Landing. So the Dothraki and the Unsullied showing up. Um, I wish that there was a better show to write them into. The they, Dothraki they, and the Unsullied? They did nothing. I mean, loot they, trained, but... Beyond that. And they stood uh, imposingly. We got to hear a lot about Cox. We did. That was like. All about Cox. My least favorite conversation possibly. And then Jamie just, yeah, I guess it is all about Cox. All right. This yeah. is fun. Just like, oh, okay, the writers <laughs> think they're being cute. And I'm mostly, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. It's like, Bron, like we, we, we do get it. Like we do get it. But they're easy to make. It's fine. Whatever. What are you going to do? Uh, so John makes uh, – I wrote here – John makes an economic and a cultural observation. Uh, who would want to cram into the city? Like it's kind of crazy that they even have a million people. Cersei later on basically says that their lot – it would be better for them to be part of the king – the dead, the army of the dead yep. instead of being a part of King's Landing. Like what the fuck? Like obviously this doesn't like line up with our idea of even like good governance. But it seems insane that like – like now you have as if you weren't already on Daenerys' side tangentially, but definitely not on Cersei's. What a shitty life these people live. I mean, I guess we've seen it multiple times, but it's nuts. It's a lot of people in there. A majority of whom no live one, in poverty. In poverty, absolutely. I mean, we've seen them. It's been terrible. So let's just go through the meetups, I guess. Uh, Tyrion and Bronn, and also kind of segs into Tyrion and Pod. So this uh, this whole stretch of. Hey, look, these people are reuniting. These people are reuniting. These people are meeting for the first time. Isn't this fucking crazy? And uh, it felt really genuine and amazing in earlier seasons, like when Tyrion meets Daenerys. Great scene. Uh, We're so devoted to fan service now that I think they're just writing around that. They're just, I mean, God, Beyond the Wall was just one, the same situation after another. Like, now we're going to have John walk a little slower, Jorah walk a little faster so they can talk, they can talk, and now we're doing the same thing. And, uh... It's just like, 
as a fan of the show, yes, I enjoy being catered to in that way to a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now it's it's detrimental to the writing because you write yourself into corners for the sake of having fan service mode. I mean, they, they admitted in the little after the Thrones show. thing they did for uh, Beyond the Wall. They're like, yeah, we didn't know how we were going to uh, get this hat to, to go together. We didn't know how we were going to get them safely out of the spot we put them in. Uh, but in their minds, it was more important to have we just need to have people have conversations. We can't think of anything more creative than this. Right. And it doesn't really matter because we don't give a shit about magic or actually adhering to fancy rules. Of doing rules. stuff. So, and, cool. Yeah. And, and it got me thinking a lot about, you know, people when they say, you know, that Benioff and Weiss had a had an end in mind, if you will, and didn't know how to do it and they executed it. I would say right off the bat that that's kind of what Vince Gilligan did with Breaking Bad. If we, th- if we all think back to season five, when we see the flash forward, we didn't quite know what to think of it, but of, of Walt White showing back. Why did I call him Walt White? Walter White <laughs> showing back up at the Denny's mm-hmm. with his, you know, live free or die. He's showing up with his um, New Hampshire license plate. He's buying the big gun. Um, that was Vince Gilligan admitting later on. Like, I just had this idea. I wanted to do that and scene. And I painted. Yeah. And I painted myself into a corner. I knew that this – I didn't know what was going on. He had no clue what was happening. And he went with it. And he built the story around that moment. So, like, the idea that Benioff and Weiss would say, I want to get everybody in the Dragon Pits and do all of this, I think there's been a weird amount of, like, oh, they're, he, they're stupid for not writing with the story. I don't think that's necessarily it. I'm fine with them understanding, like, I want to have a white there. I want to do this. I want to have uh, tease the Gamble. Like, all of the choices that are made in that final scene are fine inherently because if that's what they want to tell, that's okay. The problem, which has always been the problem, is that nothing that they did before served what happened. Whereas Breaking Bad being an example in getting our people exactly where they wanted to go and having a believable plot line that drew Walter White to show up with to buy an enormous gun. Like there was a reason for it. He didn't know, but there were a logical circumstances that could get us there. Whereas you had to make – that's one person and to try to make a whole set of 15 characters that you just really want them to meet together and then meet them, that's hard. It's my birthday. Well, happy birthday. Birthday meals are free at Denny's. All you got to show is a valid ID. I'm good, thanks. Really? Free meal. Free is good. Even if I was, like, rich, free is always good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. New Hampshire. You're a long way from home. That being said, it was a great scene, and yes. I really loved, like, Pod and Tyrion meeting up, Pod and Bronn, you can suck his magic cock later, like, all of that stuff worked for me. Because you're right, that level of fan service I wanted, I want you to please me. Brienne and the Hound is the next. I mean, that that moment by itself, I think, I was like, all right, fine, this has all been worth it, because hmm? the Hound smiling, like yeah. a genuine smile, and them being so proud of little Arya is just, like, the cutest fucking thing that's possibly ever happened on the entire show. And uh, it made it worth it. Thought you were dead. Not yet. You came pretty close. I was only trying to protect her. She's alive. Are you? Who's protecting her if you're here? The only one that needs protecting is the one that gets in your way. It won't be me. My favorite part is that of all the people... Like Brienne, I mean, her whole arc too with Jamie, especially, was like, I, I'm this way because I couldn't be the other way. And now to have Tormund, even the Hound in a way, and then Jamie, everyone shipping Jamie and Brienne. Oh yeah, it's such a great, like, even just like unnecessary for like who she is as a person, but it kind of it, 
there are the things that she didn't prize about herself when she was younger. People are finding obviously extremely attractive and um, and fulfilling in their own life beyond just like a sexual fantasy or something like that. And that's where Tormund it like doesn't make any sense. But like Jamie, Jamie and Brienne, like that is an emotional wallop that has nothing to do with like just two incredibly attractive people getting together. Like there is a depth to that. Oh yeah, I'd much rather prefer Jamie and Brienne than Me Tormund too. and Brienne. I mean, Tormund and Brienne would be great. I mean, let's get out of here. There's but so it's more fun. just but, funny. And but she's it is a, more funny. And the other thing is like she's not into him, so at, at some point it just gets creepy. Yeah, like, sure. And weird. But <laughs> yeah, with her and Jamie, it's it's like yeah, that would be that would be something. So Jamie, it's been good to see. You. I imagine the next time we'll be across the battlefield. We both saw what just happened. We both saw that thing. Yes, and I'm not looking forward to seeing more of them. So I'm loyal to the Queen, and you're loyal to sons and adult brothers. Oh, fuck loyalty! Fuck loyalty? This goes beyond houses and honor and oaths. Talk to the Queen. And tell her what? Oh, it'd be amazing. Because they have so much pain and understanding. And that's like, yeah, the goal of a, of a lot of people is to be accepted and loved mm-hmm. for the person you are. And I think that they Brienne never was for the longest time. Right? Yeah. And I think that they both would have that for each other. Oh, and then when you got it with um, with Renly, not not to like the romantic right. that she wanted, but an acceptance. he saw her. Yeah, he saw her. And then to have that ripped away from you. Immediately. I mean, that's and that's been Brienne's entire arc. And mm-hmm. I think even meeting up with Jamie, it's like we start to dull that a little bit. And then we have her being a true hero. Getting Oathkeeper and doing all of that stuff was, yeah, that, that's a different Brienne. You know, she's not the same one note character. I think of all of the people, and that's what makes the stuff when she was filming Star Wars so tragic. When she spent a season sitting and waiting for a candle, you accept it in a different show because it's Game of Thrones, and like Bran can sit out. Essentially, Brienne sat out that season too. Yeah. That's okay, but at this point, I, I feel like we now have too many people in too short of a time, and it becomes dangerous when. Now we're going to short shrift, you know, that kind of stuff that deserves attention. Yeah. So that's that's that. So Dragon Pit is cool to see the Dragon Pit. It's so small. Immediately, I'm like, so this small. is so know, small. This is impractical. Especially when you you specifically mention Balerion and how he was. Big he was, yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't fit in there. And, and that makes, that's what makes it sad. And that's what makes Daenerys's non-understanding of what she did. She did the same thing in Marine. Oh, yeah. But she's talking about it as if it's history, as if it's the royal we, as if, you know, we should have thought better when really you should have thought better. Like the the connection between you did this and that's why Viserion is dead. I didn't see that on the screen. Well, I mean, Jorah's whole talk about like dragons do what they want, man. Like you had mm. to put them somewhere. We needed a big cage because otherwise they're just going to roam the countryside and kill people. And kill it's people. like. And like that's, that's inherently true. But then. Also, the Targaryens are that's supposed to be part of what's about them. It's like. You're dealing with chaos at all times. You're dealing with dangerous people. And, and you know the end, too. You know that by chaining them up, that's what brought the end of it. Like, that's mm-hmm. part of the lore. Yep. That's why they got smaller and smaller that's until why. they stopped existing. And, of course, John. Oh, the jaw. Oh, my God. Because they even make a huge point of it in, in season one. They show a tiny one. And it's like, no, they, they collected every little bone and put it in the, the red keep. Like, that was a thing. Was why a thing. would there just randomly be a... Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, so we all sit down. We all stare at one another. Pod goes off with Braun. We're still not 100 on where they go. Why like, the fuck is Theon there? Why is Theon there? He, I guess he's an emissary brought uh, Yara Campy. So to represent 
Briar's camp? Because the two of them were together and they brought... The ten people that are left. Well, no, they brought the ships and stuff. There's still ships on their <sighs> side. I just... I don't know, man. I mean, it's it makes sense, but it's... The, the, the amount of time the show devotes to him still is galling. There's no way around that. Um, I want to say... Cluck! Game ball? <laughs> Question mark, exclamation point, times ten. Um, it was really cool to see the hound confront his brother. I like that a lot. But, again, like the show has done all season, punt. Punt it for next year. No interest in doing it now. I still of, can't care less. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, for the, for the rest of the entire fan base, <laughs> I apologize about this person over here. Uh, we will we'll have our own podcast on the side about Clue Game Bowl. Okay. Uh, so Tyrion starts, and then Euron uh, interrupts like a dick, because that's oh, what he does. Oh, my God. We go to the white. So the plan ended up working. 100% with zero hiccups. Zero hiccups. Amazingly. Amazingly. The One hound... would say impossibly. Nice. <laughs> I would say that as well. Yeah. The Hound kicks it, and it looked great, obviously. Kyburn was really into it. Oh, my God, Kyburn. It was great. I mean, oh my he, god! I don't know. It's like of all the shit about Kyburn, like at least he's legitimately interested in all of this. Like, oh, aroused. That's fine, like, undeniably. Yeah, he's he loves it. But you know what? He brought a fucking monster back to the world. You know, sure. it's like, and you know, I, I kind that's of what makes the crossbow so shitty, and that's where the fantasy stuff that's really right, falls yeah. off. Sorry, like that's we talk about magic being gone. That is a prime example. Like Kyburn would not think. Big crossbow as, as an alternative to let me find out what dragons, what makes them tick, what we're doing here. Like I have all of these specimens. I have all the shit. Like I can study this. Nope. Just crossbow. Yep. Like, and that's shitty. I kind of forgot that he's the one that saves Jamie from dying once his hand's cut off. He's the one that administers to that stumpy wound. I forgot about that. Holy yeah. shit. That's right. And what a cool character that could be. And there are moments where you get the flashes of coolness. Like, I yeah. still find him cool in that he's mysterious and, right. and interesting. And inherently just bringing the mountain back. Like he's done cool shit. Yes. But, like, if only we could... Yeah. Spend more time with it and him and what's going on. I totally agree. Can they swim? No. Good. I'm taking the Iron Fleet back to the Iron Islands. What are you talking about? I've been around the world. I've seen everything, things you couldn't imagine, and this. This is the only thing I've ever seen that terrifies me. I'm, the way that I'm reading the whole situation, knowing that Cersei gets him to join her to Go whatever to fairy, the, the Golden Company, I think he did just decide to fuck off, and she, like, grabbed him, like, no, 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 listen, this is a ruse, we're not actually doing this. Go get the fucking Golden Company and come back. See, I think he legit just stormed off. But I don't know. I could okay. be wrong. I could be wrong in the whole thing was staged. But I feel like We'll he, never know. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, we won't ever know. Well, see, that's where I was giving Cersei credit because I was saying, listen, she doesn't know what's coming. But she knows enough that there might be something pretty seismic about to be shown. And that it would be, if there was like a signal, it would be in his interest to like put on this game like whatever it was again you don't know why it's coming that was probably not what you expected right because he didn't know what was coming but if uh you know apparently they're bringing something to show us that the army of the dead is real react to it in a way that gets you out of here that makes it believable that you're leaving yeah that, that's, that's a little generous of a i think cersei's enough of a tactician that that that's plausible where 
and Euron is kind of a stupid dick that he could sell it, you know? Like, yeah. I think any decision, because he's so reckless, any decision that he would come to, I think everybody in the audience would just be like, is he gone? That's good. Yes. I don't care where he's it could, gone It could be to. either. It could, he could have done the whole time where he, she could have, like, harangued him after the fact. Yeah. I want to shout out a couple of things in here. Cersei does not hold her stomach when the white is coming toward her. I'll oh, double just check people... that. Well, no, just because that would be the instinctive move if you were actually had a baby in your stomach. You would have gone for your stomach to protect yourself. Because she uses that as, as a tool. Yeah, right. and for, so I think she's not pregnant. It doesn't really matter. Um, because hopefully she'll just die really quickly in season six. Seven. Season eight. eight. <laughs> Shout out to Jamie. Um, Nikolai Costa-Waldo. MVP again. His facial expressions are out of this world. Like everything he was doing at the pits was the opposite of the pits. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's just an amazing, amazing face. So what do we think about Jon Snow? He can't tell a lie. He's like George Washington. <laughs> what do we think about Jon Snow? Um, oh, that's a big topic. I don't know. It's, it's a lot of mistakes here. We should have talked to Tyrion about the whole bending the knee thing ahead of time. Uh, Lots of things we should have discussed before we did stuff. He, But also, I think that was kind of his only move. For for John, there was no other way. Obviously, that's why he did what he did, and it made sense to me. I don't think he would have just. It made lied. sense to me too. And I like because he this, that dude, which is what led to get him killed. He's like, this will work out because I am honest and true. Like it never would cross his mind for a second. They're like, no, no, this is the real problem. No one's gonna be mad at me because this is the real problem. Everyone gets that, right? Yeah. So it's fine. Who cares if I'm supporting Daenerys? Oh wait, everyone. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. And and also, let me throw my dad out there so I'm not stupid and naive. Like I get it. Y'all make fun of me because I love <laughs> like my dad. <laughs> Which is good because I think with if he didn't say that, and he said that multiple times this year. So oh, right, right. that's, I think, essential to point out that Ned Stark did all of these things. Mm-hmm. Not only to drive in the fact that he's not Ned Stark's, but that he is Ned Stark's. That's the whole – that's where we're going is that he's not physically – he's not biologically Ned's son. But, he's but they both very died for their ideals. Ned's son, yeah. <laughs> like, like sort of Rhaegar in a way, but, but he never knew Rhaegar. It's like it's the family you choose versus the family that's given to you. and. Right. You know, Tyrion has a hard time letting go of the family that was given to him when he should choose the family that he chose as his real family. He should be more ruthless with somebody like Cersei and not as forgiving and all of this shit. Like, he, I think that she's onto something that there are parts of Tyrion that want. Let's just skip to that scene. There are parts of Tyrion that don't want to be a Lannister anymore. And but, but so, yet but there are parts. He still wants it so bad. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, and that's what makes him a compelling character. And that's what made that scene so oh. rife and so perfect. Tinklage. And and Haiti, it was incredible. And the mountain as just a unmovable force in the background was, oh, like it wouldn't be until again the mountain pulling every time that motherfucker moves. Oh yeah, you your heart stops and you're just like, okay, what could happen? And then that's why Clegane Ball, I think, is another thing that I, I get excited about because the only person I can see like even being half of what he is is the Hound. Yeah. Otherwise, it's pretty much lights out and game. Unless there's a thousand people, which the show doesn't do. So I did realize uh, watching this the second time, I'm like, the only way Cersei's going to die is if the mountain's dead first. And then I was like, mm. okay, well, now I kind of care about Clegane. Oh, Ball. that's fair. That's a good point, though. And Kyburn's not around. To because he's always up her ass. Like, there's no way she's going to be anywhere where he isn't. So until the Hound kills him, Cersei's, even Jamie's golden hand is not going to be able to get to her, I don't think. That's fair. That's a that's a good point. So that's yeah. now I'm like, okay, cool. That's fine. Fight. 
fight so that we fight can so get, that we can get there, kill the mountain, and Cersei can. Die. Well, and then Jamie's gone, so it's not as easy anymore either. Sure. But then Cersei, in the end, after Tyrion's all done, uh, she comes out and says, "Call the banners, all of them. That we're all going. It's party time. We're fighting the dead." Yeah. Which I was stoked about, but uh, who would fucking believe her? Like again, it's, <laughs> it's that whole thing. Like, a Jamie was stupid enough to do so. And she berates him as the stupidest Lannister. But in a way, like, bro, you kind of are. Like, nobody believe. Why would you possibly believe her? I mean, I mean, I made a mistake. Danny's camp did absolutely. And even me as a as a watcher, I was like, okay. Like, you start to rationalize what it's like. You're like, oh, they're gonna go now, and she's gonna be a part of it. And they're gonna go fight the thing, and then they'll fight this thing after. And Cersei will be on the side because she understands. No, yeah. <laughs> no, that was dumb of me to even entertain the thought because that would not be in Cersei's character at all. I guess not, but it's still disappointing. It's it's massively disappointing, but that's that's what makes that interesting. And then the read on Tyrion at the end, uh, where he's listening to Danny and John fuck, is another one where it's like, are you going to sacrifice everything because of your love of Daenerys? Which is a weird reading on it. Um, and it's the same thing with Cersei. It's like she is going to be the one that will imperil mankind's. Um, continuation for her own for her nothing what? for yeah. nothing for really nothing just yeah. being an asshole because that's who she is and people have given her power to do that and yep. trust and authority to do that sure have which is fascinating so I guess I really haven't paid attention to her little guard her personal guard the mountain obviously heads everyone's wearing black this season so I think it kind of passed me by but he and he was probably wearing black last season too but she has her own little symbol kind of like a really like a fleur-de-lis thing but not a fleur-de-lis thing she had and she wears it on her crown and they have it all on their chest plates oh yeah yeah and they they're all wearing black and they have different helmets and what is this is this just like the queen's guard and instead Mm. of being gold cloaks they're these weird fucking black clotted monsters it's just cool which i just never really paid attention to. yeah i didn't really think about that because you only ever really see the mountain i'm sure they've been in the background of other scenes but in this one she had a full complement of of people and it was really obvious and they were all wearing their special weird black armor with her little symbol on it weird and it's not a lion and it's like come on you're all you give a shit about is is this legacy but not not really not really all you give a shit about is you in the end i feel like being a lannister is incidental because it gets you what you need but you don't really care. You don't care about being a lion. You don't care be about Tywin's fucking daughter. You don't really care. You care about you. Care about you. And nothing else. No. Not even Jamie anymore. No, I know. And also your idea is like it's as short sighted as the Faith Militant, which we forget about so so quickly. Oh, the worst. The worst. And but she did that. And she suffered greatly. And the Golden Company is coming. And she will suffer greatly. And I think this is where we see Dario pop into the story, but more on that later. So I thought Jamie was going to die, as I said before. That was a really intense moment yeah. for me. It's interesting watching the second time. I was like, both of your brothers asked you to kill them. Flexed in your face. Kill me if you're going to kill me. Kill me if you're going to kill me. And you didn't. So I thought that was that. I so like, I thought he was going to die because it's like, all yeah. right, she let Tyrion go. Jamie can't go. They can't both. They can't both. Flex in her but face. But if we've learned anything in the season, everyone gets a flex in people's faces and walk away. I guess. Except for Thoros. <laughs> Except for Thoros, who flexed in the front bear. of a bear. <laughs> and the bear one. The bear one. Um, I, I like Cersei to a point. I think, I, so do I. And I think she's, you know, she's interesting. She's an interesting piece for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Always has been. But this, you have no follow through. Who You're fucking toothless. The, 
that's the point. Like so, so no... weird to me. I feel like why didn't? She? Because she loves them, obviously. Even Tyrion, whom she hates, she stole. There's something there, but she's got to do something. Why would anyone be afraid of her? Or respect her? I mean, they can't at this point, right? Jamie can't. Hope yeah. No, no. Turn his back on everything. And and the fact that Tyrion even half respects her to go through with this plan on a queen who has no army, no anything. I think it says a lot not only about what Benioff and Weiss think about Cersei, like loving her because we want to pretend that she has power, also bring her down or whatever. I, yeah, no, I'm with you. It's, it doesn't it, – it makes sense for the character, like leaving them alive. Mm-hmm. Nobody else would really know that, I guess. So she's still a ruthless. She blew up the sept. I mean, right. she's a dangerous person, but to the people that know her, it's toothless. Yeah. yeah, and she kind of always has been like that. When when it really mattered, she's not as potent as you think. Yeah, which what even? What which is, is kind of delicious, you know. And I think in the end, I guess we all wanted to come back on her. But what if Cersei wins? What if Cersei? That'd be wild. Figures it out, because I've been predicting her death forever, so mm-hmm. she's got to live. <laughs> Anything else on uh, in King's Landing before we leave it for God knows how long? The snow was awesome. Snow was fucking awesome, yeah. Uh, hit, Jamie putting on the glove? That was definitely like a fingered glove, and he was putting it over his closed hand. Oh, yeah. Gold hand thing, so I'm like, one. how did that, how did that, how did that go there? on there? He but, reminded me of Strider from Lord of the Rings. He is Aragorn. Mm. Have you watched the movies? No. Oh, God. I don't know if I'm all over the rings. <laughs> anyway, so he's, uh, yeah, so Aragorn, who we know is the hero, one of the heroes. Okay. Nothing? Anyways, he was he was going off to end up with some hobbits. So I just been making jokes all week because he is Strider. He's got just like the big cape and he's got um, gloves and everything like that. And he's trying to blend in. Uh, so that people don't know that he's from a certain house and he's doing all this stuff. And he ends up being the king in the end. Aragorn becomes the oh. Yeah. So, that, I mean, this is just me reading his clothing. So I'd, let's not read that much into it. Although there are theories about him being Azura High. And obviously he's going into oh, the well, battle. So, like, this is big. It's like, really he's exciting. He's going to be a part of something of a conclusion. Redemption story, man. Love it. Because the one thing I didn't want to lose... Is Nikolai Kostrovaldo. What do you want? A little more caution from you. That is no trinket you carry. I carry nothing. Indeed. I can avoid being seen if I wish, but to disappear entirely, that is a rare gift. Who are you? Are you frightened? Yes. Not nearly frightened enough. I know what hunts you. That's good. Anyways, all right, so let's, let's move on to Winterfell. Um, I want to avoid talking about this too long. What do we think about we, – we know what happens. Littlefinger gets his head chopped off. We will talk about that. He, get a, he gets his throat slit. There's he gets his throat slit. Whatever. <laughs> we know that Littlefinger gets his throat slit. What do we think about th- what the show is trying to tell us, which is essentially everything we've been watching up until like the scene before um, Sansa turns and sort of implicates Baelish and we go through all that rigmarole. The show wants you to believe that everything before that was real. It's been so surreal these past five weeks that essentially from the first time they met and maybe like one more beat, one more scene, they were they basically figured out Littlefinger and they were playing him because they knew he was listening. They knew mm-hmm. he was there. And so all of the scenes were tricking us, the audience, into believing that they were having a beef and really they were just telegraphing it for the you know cameras over there and the ceiling and the spies and all of that. Benioff and Weiss don't feel that way. They think everything was legit. 
all the way up until the very end. And that's why Sansa says, I'm a slow learner, but I learned because she was not learning before. What do you think? Yeah, that's I, well, I didn't get that read on that. I didn't realize that they were pretending that it was all real until the very end. Yeah. Like, I, I, no, for me, it was definitely early on that they. So they tricked us. Yeah. The viewer. Yeah. That it was a, a ruse. Um, it, at least the episode, I'm not sure which episode that the scene happens where Arya's very obviously standing in a archway that mm-hmm. Littlefinger can see her in. Yeah. Absolutely. At that point, they're playing a game. Yeah, because you want Littlefinger to know that you are following him. Right. Yeah. And you are not as good as you think you are. Right. Um, so you're making these childish mistakes. And so, you know, hey, you leave your door barely open. You put the stuff away because you know she's going to get it. But you might not think she's as good as she is, but you need her to get it. So you make the lock easier. You put it in an easier place to find when really it's just like it's working right into Arya's hands because she knows what she's going to find. She knows what's there. And right. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I think that there's a little bit more gradation, but it's it's not shown. It's not shown. And even um, Bran, uh, whatever the kid's name is, uh, the actor who plays it talked about a deleted scene that didn't make it on the show where all three of them talk about Littlefinger. So there is a part where they talk. Now, again, they would say that the talk would have been like right after the scene with Sansa and Littlefinger in this episode. But really, there's no world that they wouldn't have talked this out. No. Weeks ago in Showtime. And if they're really trying to imply that, like, that's really how it, canon they wrote it. That's how it's supposed to have happened. It makes me hate this even harder. Yeah. They were like, yeah, the audience definitely bought in. Like, they really were confused. They really thought this was all going down, but it wasn't. One, no one did. And, no one uh, bought in. <laughs> and two, I guess maybe that was, he might have been referencing just the way they wrote it. Not that the characters, like, not that the characters knew. But the way that we wrote it, nobody knew. Like the audience. Either way know. was pretty dumb. I can't. I can't. The way that it ended, I can't believe. And in my head, it will never be that way. That they didn't know sooner. That Arya didn't know sooner. That Sansa didn't know sooner. Yeah. Or that they Absolutely would just no keep people like Arya saying garbage nonsense. Hurtful. Hurtful. Hurtful, terrible things. I don't know. Like, and I don't think you get to have that conversation on the, the, the wall at the – towards the end of the episode between them that's really sweet if all of that was Real. legitimate yeah. yeah I don't think you get to have it you don't come back from that no. you said fucking horrible things to me when you thought that I was on the other side of you and now because we have a wizard telling you that I'm not for real not exactly yeah there's no coming back from no. that and it, Winterfell fucking sucked uh, Arya and Sansa have been irrevocably changed but not really because they just get to push reset and they get to punt down the road because that's what this season's about punting for the next season. I'm happy where we ended up. It's Me cool, too. But it's so... Why did you waste our time? Waste our time. There's, There's so, so many, many characters. characters. Why did you do this? And then we get more Theon. Like, you guys are fucking out clamoring for mind. that shit. We're not even going to talk about that motherfucker. Okay, so... <laughs> um, uh, let's just say about Littlefinger. Um, it was delicious. It was fucking wonderful. When she calls him out, he doesn't even process it. Lord and then baby. going out like a little bitch. I loved it. I loved him... Sniveling crying? Oh, and crying. Amazing. It was so Sansa, please! I am Lord Protector of the Vale, and I command you to escort me safely back to the Eyrie. I think not. Sansa. I beg you. I loved your mother since the time I was a boy. And yet you betrayed her. I loved you. More than anyone. And yet you betrayed me. 
When you brought me back to Winterfell, you told me there's no justice in the world, not unless we make it. Thank you for all your many lessons, Lord Baelish. I will never forget them. The best moments in Winterfell to me were Sansa and Arya having a conversation about Ned uh, on the, the top of the wall. Yeah, that Winterfell. was wonderful. Was great. And uh, Peter's, uh, Lord Baelish's little look <laughs> when Bran says the thing where he's like, you held a knife to my father's throat and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And his face is like, this psychic bitch. <laughs> like, well, and I should have read that if I was smarter. Where did he hear this? This is This is new branding that has not dropped yet. Yeah, it, it's it, that made me really happy. Just that tiny little look the actor does for like one second, where he's just like, "Shit." Well, that and he kind of gave that look a little tiny bit when he said, "Chaos is a ladder," but mm-hmm. it was amplified even more. Wouldn't it have been better if it was amplified like the next episode after "Chaos is a Ladder"? I think it would have been instead of going another four and putting <sighs> yeah. us through this. Last thing in Winterfell. Yeah. Part of what you wish for desperately last episode happened between in our episode of our little podcast. You're like, all I want is. Fucking Sam and Bran oh. in a room in some chairs talking about some shit. And that's we got true. that. No, that's true. I totally said that. Uh, they did not pull up Twitter, which is unfortunate. I was, that was tweeting hard yeah, no. at, at Sam, but he was not they paying did not attention. Pull up Twitter. Um, yeah, no, it was fine. Uh, however, that scene was completely underwhelming, as you knew it would be, because I wanted it so badly. And it didn't work for me. It, it, Sam pretending like he was the one who did it. Was really confusing, not only because it's like kind of shitty, but I can forgive it where it's like for the sake of brevity. I don't want to like get into like, okay, it was a gilly, but like I'm going to say a million things. Right. How did he even find out? He, I thought he passed over it. I thought she said it. It went into the ether and it was a missed opportunity on his part. And that was it. I thought that that was it. And he walks in as if I heard that perfectly and I came to Winterfell almost for that reason. Like I didn't quite understand. I've, did Gilly just say it again? Yeah, did he say? I mean, she. They have the book with them. Fuck on their things thing. that happen off screen. Also, Gilly just completely relegated to the sidelines this season. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Have her walk in with you. Not only have her read the book like we suggested last week, but just have her walk in the door with you. And when he says that that he was a sand, have her pop- say something like, "Oh, does this have anything to do with Prince Ragar?" Yeah. And then fucking like, "What? What?" And then she'll be like, "Oh yeah, I know the annulment." Blah 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 blah. Like, I, you could have done that any other way. John Sand does not have the ring. John Sand does not have the ring. Also, Brandy, you say you know everything and you don't know everything. So let's oh calm God, down so on your branding, which is wrong. It's just like chaos is a ladder. Not going to work anymore. I have access to everything, which is not as sexy, but is definitely legally correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did yell at the screen in joy when they did the small flashback of Rhaegar and, and uh, Lyanna's little marriage. I was so happy because like, I, I don't think I I didn't say it on the the podcast, but I theorized I was like we might get a tiny little mm-hmm. after Gilly said the the moment thing, I was like we might get a, a tiny little flashback of their marriage, and it happened and I yelled in excitement because all I want from this show is flashbacks because I care more about the story that happened before our story than I give a shit at all about this. You one. wish that we just like went from that scene right to the trident. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be that would be my favorite thing that could ever happen. Yes. Uh, I here's here here's what I'll say, and I've probably been hinting at it the, the entire season is that I don't denigrate people who have read this book for twenty years, and I also don't want to pretend that I'm a part of their journey, um, who have read this book forever and ever and read it multiple times and are incredibly invested. I love this story. I have read the books. I am into it, but 
it will never hit as hard. So I, as much as I enjoyed that, I'm of the mindset of, as well on TV that they have already showed that. They've already proven it. Because now D- Danny and John have to become enemies in some way or we have to have tension between them. And that's where it's going to come from. He is the true heir, quote unquote, to, to – um, to King's Landing and the Iron Throne or whatever, and Danny's not. Like, that is what we're doing there, but I've always been of the mindset that it's much more interesting that he doesn't know and that there is a di- there's other stories to tell. Like, I just I, coming down to, like, oh, John, guess what? You're actually not a bastard. You are this whatever. That doesn't change his entire life. Right. And so I'm, I'm almost nervous as to how they even handle something like that where John, what, just says, well, I guess I will be king now. And then, it, like, oh, wow, that's so weird. You're a different character. Yeah. Or you just turn it down politely and then it's fine. Again, talk to Danny, but you know what? A wave is going to crash up in Winterfell because the waters come for some reason. <laughs> and then, oh, we can't talk. We can't, me and Danny can't have a conversation. So now there's a misunderstanding that's going to carry three episodes of next year. So while, while I liked it and I, I enjoyed the flashback and it was cute, it's already been proven. Oh, yeah. I mean, know. we didn't need that. We didn't need it. They, well, no, I guess I guess they treated it like it was a revelation. It was treated like earth shatteringness, which is what you did in Winds of Winter, which right. made that seems and the that Tower entire... of Joy was that. But I think we also there's a huge por- this this show is I know. incredibly popular. And there's a large portion of people that absolutely needed this to figure it out. Even though we've been saying it in your face with flashing text on the screen. Their brand had to literally say it. And they had to show a flashback. Their marriage was real. It was not an old... Oh, but not to say nothing, to say nothing of Rhaegar leaving his wife and children mm-hmm. behind and being a terrible, shitty person. Both of them, really. So, cool. <laughs> and causing... Everything was... The whole war was on a misunderstanding. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that's true. But when you say it like that, it just feels cheap. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just uh, being salty. I mean, like, but So many thousands, hundreds of thousands but of people But it's true. I mean, yeah, they're not good people by any stretch. I mean, doing that, that's a terrible call. I like it because yeah, nice. I just want to hear about Rhaegar doing things, mostly fighting Robert in the Triton. You know, and I think if you were going to treat it like that, I really was shocked that they got almost an exact. And I understand that they look the same, but like he looked like Viserys. Oh no, he is much more caveman-y and uglier than the second. Series. No, no, the second, um, the second watching, I saw it, but not first. Not oh, yeah. when you're going super fast, because that was a pretty quick scene. Oh, quick same cut. haircut, like they intentionally made him look. Similar. I know, but but I think they should have had like longer hair and been like a hundred percent weirdly anime character kind of thing, a like different, different person. I don't know, just something that looks different than Viserion because Viserys because Viserys, something that looks different from Viserys. because that was distracting for me. I was like, is that the same actor? Yeah. Have we just done? You know, Bran was. Uh, or Tommen was a character in the show before he became the king. You know, right, he's right. like the weird fucking Frey boy. Like, did we just do that? Was the guy who played out for the day and we just called the same actor? Like, it was weird. And this guy was much more lumpy and bumpy. He had a cliff chin. And, yeah, See, not, that's not that's a deep read for me. I'm just like, you look like a normal per- You look like a Targaryen. I guess all Targaryens look the same. Yeah, so I don't and know. that's why they did. They did, but I don't know. Ares didn't look like that. Ares looked fucked up. He looked fucked up. Because <laughs> he was fucked up. Ugh. Aegon. Oh, 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 that's painful. I forgot. Aegon? Yeah. Aegon? Oh, it's terrible. I hate that. Me too. I hate also, it so much. Also, your kid is Aegon, so it's weird to name it as your surviving kid who's still alive. So naming two of your kids Jerry. Yeah. What are you doing? And, um, I, you know, and I don't understand. I think that they thought they were being cute because Aegon in the show or in the books is, you know, is the usurper and is actually making plays at... <laughs> The Iron Throne, although we have reason to believe that he is, in fact, Fagon, 
He's not a real, not the real Aegon. And if we're not going to do that, then where's John Connington? That's all I got to say. But otherwise, I, I'm with you. I thought it would be Jacaris or Jaharis, and it would be amazing. Because then it's like, okay, I got I to gotta translate that. But. Nope. Aegon. Aegon. Jagon. What is it? Aegon. Aegon. Yeah, Aegon. that's right. Fuck. Aegon. Gross. All right, so let's, uh, we've obviously been talking about the moment. So let's start, let's just jump over to Dragonstone really quick. Jorah is so sad that Danny and John are jumping on that boat together. But you, you could fly your dragon, though. By yourself. You could. Your grace, I thought we would could. have John on a dragon. I kind of thought that's where we were going with that. How come it's your grace and my lord? I don't know. I think the two for me are the same. Yeah, but like your grace, my lord. Oh, not like your lord. My grace. My grace. It's always your grace, my lord. Man, I think we've we've really we've asked a question no one else has ever asked. <laughs> Holy shit. That was the point of this podcast. That was all we were looking for. Damn it. Seven episodes, hours of talking about Game Man. of Thrones, and that's it. We've cracked the podcast. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us for Game of Thrones. <laughs> Sit with that for a while. Uh, I think... I hated all of it, and then it really just reinforced something that on my second viewing I just skipped right over, which was uh, Theon talking to John and Theon fighting uh, the person outside on the boat. I think those were two of the most pointless. Not, definitely the fighting scene was stupid because fuck Theon, but... You don't know where I've been, love! And I don't... It, like, you hitting me in my groin is now... I'm invincible there. Isn't this Little hilarious? did you know. Oh, yeah, and also it's funny because we're also talking about the cockless and cocks ah. and stuff. It's a theme, but then doing the whole thing, the only good that came out of it was something that we've already known, which is you are a, a Stark and you are a Greyjoy. You don't have to be one or the other. You can be both. That is what John's going to take away, hopefully, from learning that he's a Targaryen and a Stark, is that he can be both. So now we go to our our boat. So John Snow shows up at the And they're just going up to Winterfell, right? They're going back. Yeah, they're going up to Winterfell. Yeah, I think they're going to get off, what does she say, Old Harbor or something, and then ride in. Is Gendry just chilling on Dragonstone? Is he in the boat with them? Fuck. Can he please? Did Gendry go to Dragonstone? No, he didn't. For, Theon got to go, but Gendry didn't go. So but that, theory, I guess that makes in... sense, honestly, <sighs> because if Gendry is outed in front of fucking mm. Cersei, probably not a good idea. Oh, no. Yeah. Or, I imagine he's still in Dragonstone. Or he could possibly still be in Eastwatch. I mean, maybe he got hurt, which means maybe he's dead. <laughs> I feel like if he was on Eastwatch, we would have seen him in Tormont, with Tormont. With, well, yeah, I don't think they would have left yeah. that ambiguous. Yeah, I think he's probably at Dragonstone, just convalescing or something. I'm hoping he's on the boat. On the sex boat. Maybe. Possibly. Because yeah. he needs to go meet Arya. God damn it. Oh, fuck. That's right. Oh, he'll... They won't forget that fact. They'll be like, did we put him on there or not? He's <laughs> doesn't matter. There. He's going. It he doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, okay, so we talked about the narration. We talked about all of it. So are you are you holding up? Are you Okay. We saw an aunt have sex with uh, her nephew. I don't want them to do it. Um, the I don't care. They had sex. It's whatever. I, I don't like it. It's happened. And I knew it was happening. So <laughs> That's a good way to are. treat life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't want it to happen, but it happened and we have to move on. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in, in to their credit, it's like they, they don't know. They don't. And, and, but we know. That's the point. It's like I think a lot of people, show watchers in particular, are – they're divided, as you would be amongst any population, but I think the majority are on the side of oh, it. Yeah. My mom and my sister are fine <sighs> with it. My mom actually said, I really wish that Bran wasn't – I wish they weren't talking over it. And I'm like, 
okay, the talking over it was the part that was challenging you as a human being that this is gross. Yes. You would reject this because you reject it when it's Cersei and Jamie, but why, why not them? So I don't think that's something that show watchers want to reckon with. Um, so yeah, it's I didn't think that anyone would have the take that Tyrion is in love with Danny. Yeah, uh, I, don't I don't think he's not it. in love, but I don't think that he's like. He obviously maniac. fucking cares about her. He's yeah. devoted his life to her. But he wouldn't ruin everything for her. No, and I don't think he. Yeah, the the idea that maybe Cersei and him struck a deal yeah, that was is weird. Flooding. I didn't. I don't think that at all. I think he's just realizing that I. I'm not in control of the situation. I'm not. I'm not the number two anymore. Mm. John's now the number two. True. I guess what's compelling too is that they were both the the bastard and the broken thing, mm-hmm. and now he's no longer. He doesn't know he's not a bastard, but really just by getting with the queen, like right, he's, yeah. he's not now a bastard higher. anymore. Exactly. So it's not a thing. they're so. not. And well, and that's Tyrion projecting on himself. Like I don't think Jon Snow, after fucking Daenerys, would come out of it and just be like. You're nothing to me, Tyrion. Like I think oh, he right. treats Tyrion, but I, I think that's maybe part of Tyrion's fear. Is like, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, gonna be number three instead of number two, and I don't yeah. think anything is gonna change naturally. But maybe over the course of time, I don't know. Again, they're gonna find out that they're related, and this is all gonna blow up in some way. Um, and we'll get to the, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, let's finish with the end. The motherfucking wall came down. As you heard here first and only on <laughs> Song of the Windows, Mixed Up Confusion, this coverage right. of Game of Thrones. The only people talking about it. I like that it was a dragon that brought it down. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that. I thought it'd be some warging shit. I mean, I predicted last week that we would get, uh, stupid me, we would get some character backstory for motivation for the Night King. No. Uh, so that was a dumb call by me. Way to go, <laughs> Daniel, fucking idiot. I guess I knew he was going to burn it down and he was going to or ice it down. I mean, I, again, we don't know what the fuck is happening. Mostly magic, I would think. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Uh, Tormund and them are definitely alive. Guys, get it together. Not going to kill them off screen. I love symbolically that the wall stays up. In my head, it was always the wall coming down in one totality, huge like. total sweep. But I like the idea that if the spring, if the spring, if the dream of spring does come, it would be fun to have the snow melting slowly, just one generation by the next. And if Benioff and Weiss were worth their salt at all, I've I've proposed the idea of. Of Samuel Tarley, you know, going to Dorne and having uh, Farmer John, you know, telling stories. And he's, I think I said in that vision, it would be Tormund and Brienne together. But let's make a Jamie and Brienne this time. <laughs> um, I think if the show is worth its salt, it would it would understand that, the, that that's the central conceit of everything. Is that Westeros would keep changing. But if the wall was a thing that no longer had to be and it slowly melted over generations and generations and generations. They would totally hold like a little festival on the last day. Or the last, whatever, spring or however they measure time now to show, like, this is the last time the wall will actually be here. By this time next year, the wall will be 100% gone. And then to have an adult telling a kid, maybe like a, you know, a kid the, the, the same age as Arya and Sansa, you know, let me tell you the story about Queen Daenerys and King Jon Snow or King Jon, whatever the fuck, King Jon Snow. He's fucking Jon Snow. Because there's no more of that bastard shit. Like, they're totally going to change the world, whatever they're going to do. And have the kids just be like, oh, God, you know, I don't want to hear this stupid story again. We're living in the eye of a giant. Yeah. You know, it, it, it means nothing to them because they have to make their own way in the world and their own heroes and stuff like that. So to me, that's the satisfying end. That's a more of a bookend. I get that. You know, jumping ahead to generations is hard to do on a TV show. Um, we're not going to do – we were planning on originally doing a 
season a overview. Season kind of overview, yeah. season recap. We are. I have no fucking patience to do that. So we're not going to do it. So overall, Kelly, what was your what is your take from season seven of Game of Thrones in comparison to the rest of it? And just what are your overall thoughts? It's rough. Not enough Varys. Waste a lot of time. People are doing things for no real reason, or reasons completely outside their character. Just taking the long way home. For for all the movement, it just took the long way to get to all of the points, and I don't really understand. I, it, it makes sense that they had an idea of what how they wanted the season to end, and they were just like, we'll just make up the rest of the shit until it happens. Want a dragon to shoot down the wall. All right, how do we make that happen in the most clumsy way possible? Danny has to fuck John. How do we do that in the most clumsy way possible? Right. I so, want dragon pits with all of our friends. How do we do that in right. the clumsiest way possible? How do we get Littlefinger? He has to die in episode six. Everyone has to die in episode six. Everything has happened in episode six. Well, if you do that, then it means that the rest of the episodes are not going to have any heft Mm -hmm. because now you're working to something where you don't, you have two points of of plot where, you know, not to bring it all back to George or whatever, but he would pack inside of those multiple strands of plot in one episode that would have a ton of variation and a ton of things going on. But when you have two things you need to tell and you have six episodes to tell it instead of 40 things to tell and 10 episodes to tell it, it becomes a very different show. Yeah. And that's what we saw this year. But we got dragons. We got Danny and Westeros. Dragons and Westeros. Mm-hmm. The wall did come down. Yeah. Jamie left. Jamie left. That's a big deal, too. It's a big deal. That's easy to forget because all the other stupid shit that happened. And Littlefinger is dead. I mean, a huge player is off the board. Dead. Yeah. It, you. I think we'll look back on it with... Um, Especially if they, they if they if they can pull off season if eight, they I nail know. the next season. I think watching this back in totality will feel okay. You might think this will be weird dip, frustrating but. a little bit, but it won't be as maddening as it was watching in real time. I don't yeah, because right now you'd be incredibly confused, and then you just pop on season eight episode. Yeah, one you're just like, and, well, time to roll the next one. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was a really strange. Or no, no, I mean, you wouldn't even think that. You would be like. I am in awe by what I'm seeing right now by the wall coming down. I've kind of forgot the last 50 minutes because I've been binging the shit out of this show right, right. for the last you know three weeks. I've never watched it before. Oh, my God. Let's get to the next one. And then we just start. Yeah. I think the show in the end will be pretty much forgiven. But I still think for people that have watched it, there are a lot of things that can bring it down and completely ruin the show. And that's kind of where I come down is that it feels – I. I, I've been laying it out this whole time. I just think that they didn't have anything to write. I don't think that they're as creative as we think they are. I think that they're taking the money and they're cashing out and they just want to, they want to do Confederate. Yeah. <laughs> like they just, they aren't interested. What I think the end of the show is going to be is Danny or John, whoever wins is going to melt down the iron throne, which will be great. I mean, that's kind of personally what I would like to see um, and sort of tell everybody, you know, the, the era of Westeros is over we are no longer sitting on a, thorn, a throne, you know, we're not, it's not going to poke you when you sit on it. Like that's not the type of world that we're going to live in. Uh, even just symbolically, they're going to melt it down. And that's a lot, you know, nice, a lot of metal, especially in the books. It's like a huge, right, yeah. um, they're going to melt it down and they're going to be like, this is for you. And so they're going to craft it into an enormous monument to Robert E. Lee. Oh my God. And then it's Confederate <laughs> backdoor oh God. preview trailer. For Confederate oh, season man. one, that's how I see the end of All the, right. the end of the show going. <laughs> Please no. Please and thank you. Yeah, but for real, like I think, um, I don't think we're ever going to get the Night King as a real person. I think that um, I don't know. I, I guess I, I there's so many ways it can go. Like will Winterfell fall? 
You know, are they going towards Winterfell? Are they going towards nowhere? I feel like the the, the Night King is going to get lost for four episodes, wandering about. Like we're not going to see him for four episodes, and his army is just going to be like, well, I guess we'll just stand here. And I be really like, think where's he, my army? I think <laughs> he might be fucking right, and it makes me mad that he really might be Bran. I fear for that because I don't think that they're going to even try to explain time. And what is time? And what's the point of it? I think we're just going to gloss over it. That's why I don't think it is Bran, because he's just an evil character. Mm. And the children of the forest will come out of nowhere and help. When the moment it looks like it's about to be done and man is about to lose, the children of the forest are going to show up and dragon glass the fuck out of the whites. And, oh, my God, everyone's going to turn. You're going to Viserion. It's going to freak out and they're going to start pelting shit and everyone's going to fight. And. And then we're dealing with, like, who are the children of the forest? And then we have John talking to them because that's what the Prince of His Promise is supposed to do. And so we're going to have an episode where they, like, tell him the story. So we might get, like, a crazy amount of exposition next year about, like, what the fuck has happened and what is coming. I'm kind of okay with that. No, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay with that, too. Like, that inherently is not the worst. But I don't like the idea that the Night King is just a nobody. Like, it's just, like a weapon that they created and I don't know I just I want there to be more to it like why did they do it why did they choose this guy who is this guy is there anything about him that's making him do this what is does he want winter across the world is that cause that's fine if that's what he wants tell us that's what he wants like I don't know something why is he at the arrowhead why do they just stand there why were they waiting why didn't he take down Drogon there are a million questions that you have about why is this guy doing what he's doing? And none of this will be answered, I feel like. I, no, I don't think so either really because upsetting. he's just evil. He's just an evil guy. Yeah. And because javelin throwing is much more interesting when it's up in the air and when it's not. You know? Because you can't even introduce Dave and Stu. Like, that would be fine if we had our friends, the White Walkers, who could talk to one another and, like, communicate in whatever way they have to. Like, make them real fucking things. Like, I think that they're... That, be interesting they don't care they don't care about explaining magic anything no and danny's gonna get pregnant you're still here i can't have children who told you that the witch who murdered my husband has it occurred to you she might not have been a reliable source of information and john's i think gonna be pretty repulsed by it and danny's gonna be pretty fine with it because she got pregnant and why I do you think the, see why do why do you think that john would be repulsed by that because well, he's going to find out. Yeah, he's related. And that's that's a high sin. I mean, he's he's being brought up in a religion. I mean, he's got the Godswoods thing, but you know, they they're not. None of them are fans of incest. Incest is re- repulsed through all religions in the land. So, no, he's not going to be into it. Okay, he's not really a person of God per se. But right. I mean, if he is like I'm a Rolarite or whatever they call themselves, let's just <laughs> say Rolarite. I feel like that's going to be a problem. Yeah, or not. Or maybe the kid will just be the prince who was promised, and we can oh, just keep Jesus doing this forever Christ. and ever. That's the spinoff. He'll have to punch Danny through the heart and pull a sword out of her. Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, please don't. No, I don't know. So I, I, but you have to have him fight. You know, and then I think a lot of people are, like, really looking for a big Varys step. You know, Varys to jump in and do something, but I just don't see it happening. Nope, they forgot it was a character and stopped. Stopped caring. I like they did with Littlefinger. So, yeah, it's yep. kind of character assassination all around. That's fine. We've come down to our, our last people. I get it. I do understand. We can't have every person we had before. We've got to let people go. I would say Littlefinger would be the one to fuck up before Varys. Makes sense. And if he had to go now, six episodes before the end, six episodes before the end. You know end. what? To me, if you're going to fucking do that, do it. Kill everyone. If you really only want to talk about three people, mm-hmm. kill everyone else. 
That to me is so much more tidy and less infuriating than just acting like they stopped existing. Yeah, or have the fucking war, do it either and kill them there for something, and then talk about the stuff after after. Like you can't have it both ways. I feel like we're. I mean, that's how life would really be. There's a war and things are also happening. I get it, but I think it's dragging down the story, guys. I don't think that it's working. I think that you should have had the Great War this season. We should have done something because for me, if your season six of this or season whatever, the final episode of this season is the wall coming down, then the final shot of the show is someone sitting on the Iron Iron Throne. Like that is a one-to-one to me. If you didn't see the merits of having the wall come down in episode one, then you won't understand the merits of having someone claim the Iron Throne or whatever that fucking means in a post-White Walker world in episode one of this season. You will not understand that fundamentally. And if you will come down on the side of spectacle, the wall, I guarantee you the the last episode will have somebody sitting on the throne. Or like I said, John and Danny weirdly holding hands and looking at each other and then looking at the throne and that's it. And then hopefully looking at us. <laughs> Jim Halpert. Yep. And then just like shaking their head. Yep. So that's it. This is a bleak send-off for Game of Thrones. It started out well. We were kind of into it. We were having a good time. Loot Train was a highlight of this podcast. And then it went downhill. It did. Pretty quickly. Those two in between Eastwatch and um, Beyond the Wall were two of the worst episodes of, of the entire show. This one, not so much. It was fine. There was enough redeeming elements to it, but I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be just as excited to come back to it, but I think the winner is still George and... I hope we get Winds of Winter this year so we can delve into that and have some stuff to talk about, some stuff to say. Because he's never introduced the White Walkers beyond something very off in the woods, and I would love to know more about who they are and what they're doing because the show doesn't care. Nope. Do we think in the end, final question, that Daenerys ever turns heel and Jon Snow? Do, do we think that Jon and Danny are going to kill one another? No, I don't. Do you think they'll both make it out? Do you think that really the end will be... Jim Halpert turning. Uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Or if one of the two of them is going to die, I think and hope it's John. I think it's hope it's John too. Yeah. What about Arya and Sansa? Do you think they both get to go? Oof. It, yeah, it's going to be. It's really going to depend on how the war rolls down. I can think continent. of Winterfell. I feel like Sansa would be the pretty prime to bite it. Yeah. Whereas she's got the sword now, so Arya can fight off the yeah. whites, but. And I mean, she's not a fighter. I don't want Sansa to die. I like no, Sansa a lot. I love Sansa. But if Sansa has to die, which I don't know that you necessarily need to make an argument for that, but it would be really nice to have a scene with Arya trying to save her. It would be great. And then, you know, being unsuccessful, which would be heartbreaking, but that's... Good TV. Yeah. And could be well-written, because they are... They've been known to write some good stuff. <laughs> so, Ben Aftermoise, please bring it. We'll see you next year see you in a year or two see you in a year or two so uh episode 27 comes out on monday and that's for uh the album john wesley harding don't forget this is a bob dylan podcast <laughs> uh, you can follow us at sotwpod.com uh if you can find our mixed up uh, confusion page i'll have a link there for our season seven of game of thrones i'm going to take it out of circulation and um, put them off into that page so you can just listen at your heart's content and hear us slowly get sadder and sadder and sadder as we go along. Until this, our final sad finale. <laughs> oh, a very sad finale. Um, so anyways, we'll, you know, I can't wait to rewatch it and watch it maybe in total mm-hmm. and see how it all comes through. But we'll definitely be back for you in uh, 2018. Uh, if Best case scenario, early 2019 in the winter, worst case scenario. But we definitely intend to 
uh, to pick this back up where we left off. And you'll notice uh, every time we do like a number and an A, it's going to be our mix-up confusion about music, and we're going to reserve B for cultural events like this. So if there's another TV show or something out there, you'll know just by the demarcation uh, of our stuff. So anyways, uh, we've had an, it's been really enjoyable to talk about Thrones for yeah, seven you, weeks. Anybody that's listened. Yeah, we've sure. had definitely a lot more people. Well, on some episodes of, of Bob Dylan. So uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones, cultural phenomenon. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you uh, later. And please listen to our normal show. Please. Goodbye. I can